Hello and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadia States, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745, or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. And may not, might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that set not their hearts aright, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Ooh. Listen to what he said. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you some things. So, so in this telling, we have to be real with our young people and say there are some of us that didn't have our hearts right. There are some of us in our generation that didn't set our hearts on God. There are some of us in our generation that in our stubbornness and our rebelliousness, we turned away from God. Because, see, what young people will do is they'll look at other people in church and they'll say, well, that person's not doing right, that person's not doing right, then everybody's not doing right. That does not negate the holiness of God. That does not negate, negate the righteousness of God and the righteous requirements of God. God's standards are God's standards regardless of who is doing them. Because ultimately, in the end, you will stand before God. You're not going to stand before me. You're not going to stand before any other person. You're going to stand before God. So you want your, your life to be right with God. You want your children's lives to be right with God. You want your children to adopt God's standard. You want young people, teenagers, we want you to adopt God's standard. Oh, yeah, a lot of us have messed up. You don't have to mess up because we messed up. Are you listening to me? You make a choice every day you live. You make a choice every day you live. So you got to choose to do what's right. You got to choose to trust God. You have to choose, you have to choose to accept his help. You got to choose to flee the devil that he might, to run from the devil, to resist the devil that he will flee from you. You got to choose it. Are y'all listening? It's so easy to conform to be like the world. It's so easy to accept the world standard. It is easy to accept what you are feeling. Listen to me. It is easy to accept what you're feeling in your body and say, this is the way God created me, so I must submit to the way I'm feeling. It is more difficult to resist the temptation to accept the way you're feeling and yield to God. But when you accept what God says and you yield to God, you have a helper that will bring you through and bring you out. Amen. So, so, so there are some things. Let me, let me rush on. There are some things that we must do. If we are going to Make sure that this faith continues generationally. There are some things that we have to do. And I'm, I'm going to use some, hopefully, some visual images that, that's going to help you see this. 
because you're not going to remember everything I'm telling you today. And most of y'all are not going to buy the tape and not going to the CD and not going to go back and listen to it. I know you're not. Because that, that's the pattern. Amen. How many CDs, CDs you all sell every week? About four or five. See? I told you. You're not going to buy the CD. Which is an indication that the word you receive on Sunday is not even valuable to you. It's not worth how many dollars? It's not worth four dollars. And you're not going to remember what I tell you. There's no way. Your, your brain cannot contain 15 minutes of preaching. So you're not, you, I know you ain't going to contain 45. And you know I preach about an hour, so you ain't going to contain that. <laughs> I say that not to condemn you, but to spur you to think about something. How many devotionals have I read that I have to go back and read over and over again? How many passages of Scripture have I read over, over, over 50 years of, of accepting Jesus I have to go back and read over and over again and then get something new out of it? Okay, so there's some things that we must do. If we're going to transmit the faith, if we're going to transmit the faith, all right, uh, verse number four in this passage, I think it's verse number four, uh, Somebody read it. Who has it? Verse number four. Read it loud. Read it with authority. Uh, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation. We will not hide them. We will do what? Tell the next generation. We will, we will tell the next generation. So this, this faith is not something that you keep to yourself. You've got to tell it. You've got to open your mouth. And you've got to tell the next generation about the faith. You've got to do it. It's not just my responsibility. All right? It is your responsibility to tell what the gospel message is. To tell about the God that you serve. It is your responsibility. The psalmist stresses the importance of passing on this information to the next generation. And he says, we're not going to hide these things. How many of you are getting knowledge and you're keeping it to yourself? You're not telling the gospel. You're talking about a lot of stuff. What's a popular TV show? One of those, one of those things that run more than one time. Okay, how many of y'all told somebody about scandal? And I tell the truth, it's same the devil. How many of you all, okay, for, okay, for the, the ladies in here that watch soap operas, how many of y'all told somebody else about what happened on, on the soap opera? Tell the truth, because you know, I heard my wife on the phone. Raise your hand, Sister Catherine. I said, uh-huh, see. Be calling up folk on the phone. Remind me of my grandmama. I went to my grandmama's house one day, and she was crying. I thought somebody, had, and she was talking about somebody had died. I said, I said, oh, Lord, and I'm trying to figure out who in the family had died. And it was somebody on the soap opera. See, uh, they're like they're real people. All right, so many of y'all don't watch the soap operas, but how many sports fans we got in here? 
How many of you all talk about sports and you're telling people about sports and you're telling people about your team and, and who's been drafted and, and how the next team is going to be and, and your, your, asp, your, your thoughts about what team is going to be the winner next year and all of this stuff that you're telling people. But you're not telling them about the God who brought you out. The God who brought Israel out. The God who sent Jesus Christ into this world. You got to tell this thing. You got to tell this thing. Are you hearing me? You got to meet people. And you got to say, how you doing, brother? It's good to meet you. What's your name? Tyrone, good to meet you, Tyrone. My name is Alfred. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, praise the Lord. How many children you got? You got three children. Praise the Lord. You got any grandchildren? That's good. You love those children, don't you? Well, you know what? I just, you know, I just felt the impression, uh, had a strong impression to tell you about somebody else who loves you. Yeah, God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. I, I don't know what you might be going through today. Maybe you're not going through anything, but I just want to tell you that God loves you. He sent Jesus into this world to die for my sins and for your sins because he loves you. And when you start talking about Jesus, if the Holy Ghost sent you to somebody to talk to them, that person is going to start opening up. If you just stay there long enough and you create the right environment, the Holy Ghost is going to open them up and they're going to start asking you questions. Even if it's just, will you pray for me? I'm going. You got to tell. You got to open your mouth. Jesus said, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and And the last time I checked, anybody that's a witness has to open their mouth and talk. There's no way you're going to go into the courtroom and you sit in that witness seat and that lawyer is asking you questions and you sit there You got to open your mouth and you got to talk. You got to tell. There's power in the spoken word. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful. It's active and alive. Not only must you tell, you got to train. You got to train. In Acts chapter 16, it starts talking to us about Paul and Timothy. I'm going to run through this one because what Paul does for Timothy is that, you know, Timothy's a young man, his, his mother is a Jew, his father's a Greek. So he takes Timothy. Timothy, get, Timothy gets saved. Trevor, I know you're taking notes, but you got to stop for a minute. Because you're one of the best examples of a young person that I can use right here. So, 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 so Paul takes Timothy, and, and in order for him to be accepted by the Jews, he has to go through the rite of circumcision. But Paul takes Timothy, and Timothy begins to walk with Paul. Okay? And Paul begins to train Timothy, all right, because Timothy is a young man in the gospel. And the reason why you say, why you use Trevor? Well, you know, Trevor got saved under this ministry. But let me tell you what Trevor would do. Trevor would come to the house. He would come to the house. He would. What we ate, huh? And eat. (laughs) And follow me. And talk to me, all right? And talk to him and ask questions. If I saw that he was off base on some things, I, I kind of gently warned him. He would go with me, and he'll go with me now if he can. But he's married now, so he can't go all the time. <laughs> and he would watch me. 
If there's anybody in this congregation who really know how me and my wife act and we at the house by ourselves, it's, it's Trevor, <laughs> besides Jay Suto. Because Trevor's seen us at home because he was almost living in our house. And you know what I would tell some of the other young men? I said, listen, y'all need to come around. You need to come around. If you're going to, if you, well, y'all need to come around too. All right? But listen to me, okay? Listen to me. So we have to find, listen now, this is a challenge. God has called us to raise up Timothys. But Timothys, you need to find your Paul. You got a responsibility here. You got a responsibility. You got a responsibility. What am I doing when I sit with my ministers every second and fourth for every other week? I am mentoring them. What am I doing when they're watching me, when people go on a mission field, on the mission field with me? I don't have to always teach them or say to them, do this. They watch me, and they're being trained. And as I say that, more and more people from here are going to have to go. Because this ministry is not just for York, South Carolina. And God's going to use us to bless other churches in this community and in this state. Are y'all following me? So, so we've, got, we've got to train. We've got to train. You've got to train people. I can't take the responsibility of training 500 people alone. So I train you so you can train others. So Paul, Timothy walks with Paul. Timothy goes with Paul when he's preaching and when he's teaching because Paul is training Timothy. But what is he training him for? So that this faith can be passed on to the next generation. That's why he could say to Paul, the thing, to Timothy, the things that I've taught you, then you commit them to other faithful men and women. So that means that Trevor is going to come in contact, but he's got a job, and his job is sending him to Las Vegas and sending him to, to California, sending him all over South Carolina. He's going to come in contact with people that I will never see. But he has the faith, the faith, and he's going to communicate the faith Every time, God gives him an opportunity. So the faith is being transmitted. You got to train. Come here, Junior. You got to train. You got to train. And see, a whole lot of us come to church, but we're not training. We're not training. Look at this young man. If, if, it, was, if, it, was, if it was holy... But that ain't holy, so I ain't gonna do that. But look at it now. Look at him. Flex your muscle more. How did you get like that? Well, give me a microphone. How did you get here? I pay. You did what? I pay money. No, I'm playing. <laughs> money wouldn't get that. No, I found a trainer. You found a trainer. What did you do? Uh, pay him and listen to him and take his advice and just do what he said. And how often did you have to do it? For a whole hour, for four to five days a week. Four to five days a week for a whole hour. Yep. Was it easy? Nope. Did you almost cry sometime? I, I did cry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, it was worth it. It was worth it? Yeah. Because you, it's gotten your body to where your body is now. Yes, sir. And there's no telling where else you're going to go with this. No, sir. But it took time to get here. Sir. And you had a trainer that you listened to, mm -hmm. even though it was hard, yes, sir. even though it was difficult. Yep. 
and it got you to where you are today. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you. How many people, listen, how many people in church, how many people in the faith are willing to train an, an hour a day, 45 days a week? It costs too much money to get to the church. We can have a conference prayer call and can't get 50 people on the call from T.O.P. So if I did Bible study by webinar, I wonder how many people I get on the phone. Why? Because people are busy and they don't see the faith as something that's important. They don't see the faith as something that they have to make sacrifices for. To get them from point A to point B, it takes training. Sometimes you're going to cry. Sometimes I am going to offend you. I have been offended, but I didn't take the offense. Are you hearing me? I didn't take the offense personally because the person intended to help me. The training was for my good to get me to where I am today. Let me tell you what church people do when the pastor offends them. We know what they do. They leave the church. And then they abort the process. Yeah, they may go somewhere else and join and they may start over. But just think about it. Every time you start over. Because a lot of times before you start over, you stop training. And you stop eating right. And then your body goes back to flab. Y'all got the picture? So Paul, Timothy walked with Paul. Timothy, Timothy, Timothy was probably offended sometimes. There were some hard things that he had to deal with, but it got him to where he needed to get to. We got to train. We got to train. Young people. You got to be trained. You know, I've been thinking about you all and thinking about, Lord, what can I do? Because sometimes y'all come and sit in church and your minds are somewhere else. I'm just going to be honest with you. Your minds are somewhere else. You know, if you're not texting, I ain't talking about nobody in particular. Don't be looking over there. <laughs> Look at me. You, you, you're wondering and you're saying, I can't understand. Yes, you can. That's a cop out. Paul, the, the, the psalmist said, I was a young man and now I'm old. I was a young man and I understood the gospel because I was attentive. And you know what? You have to be deliberately attentive. You ever sat in class and the professor got boring and your mind kind of wondered and then you missed something? You shake yourself, I got to pay attention. You can even be reading sometimes. And you kind of wonder, you gotta, and I got to go back over this. That's why it's key to buy the CDs. I'm not, I don't get any money from the CDs. I'm not pushing this so I can get some more money in my pocket. Are you understanding me? Then, then, then I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Then you got to teach. You got to teach. You got to teach. You got to teach. And let me show you a picture of teaching uh, that you got to do. You got you, you to do this. You know, training and teaching are two different things. You know, and it's really talking about making disciples. Um, uh, come here, Rajon, and come quick because you're sitting too far back. <laughs> Run like you're going for a touchdown. Thank you, sir. Where your Bible at? Well, give him a Bible. So you got to teach, which means that it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. How you doing? 
Good to see you. You sure you're doing good? I appreciate this time that you've taken the sacrifice to sit with me. Let's, let's, that, that's some things I want to show you. Let's go to First Peter. You know, you know, young man, you know, the Lord has some great things for you. Uh, but there, there's just some things that, you know, I want to walk through with you. And I know it's not going to happen overnight. But, but we're going we're gonna to sit together and we're going to try to this, try to do this at least three times a week. And we're going to sit with you. And we look at this. And, and uh, so let's pray. Father, thank you for this time with Rajan. Thank you for what you're going to do as we spend time together in your word. Open up his heart. Open his mind. Open his understanding. And then you sit and you go, through the, go to the scripture. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So, so Paul is one that is sent by Jesus. And uh, Peter, an apostle, one that, that, was, that was with Jesus. Apostle means a sent one. And we know that 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 there were 12 disciples. Well, 11 of them, because uh, we know Judas was crucified, Judas killed himself. So that was 11 left, but they chose another. But Peter is one of those men that walk with Jesus. And that's important because in his walking with Jesus, he learned firsthand the things that Jesus taught through his words and through his actions. So he writes this book. All right, that's good enough for right now. I can't teach you all day long. So thank you for this time together. You know, all right, thank you. So, so take, take our Bible back. So all I'm saying to you is, is that as I understand the scripture, I've got to take some time with people of another generation and sit with them and teach them the word. This is transmitting the faith to the next generation so that then this generation is impacted by the gospel that changes lives. God's word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts to the division asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow of the bone. So his word is so keen because it's not just words on paper, but his word goes to the very innermost parts of our heart and our being. And it speaks to what we're going through in our lives. It speaks to our issues in life. And God has called us, those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, to learn this word so that we can communicate this word to the next generation. It is not an option, saints. It's not an option. There are people who are dying because they're not receiving the gospel message. And there are those of us who are playing around with this message. Many of you know more of the gospel than you're willing to admit that you know. But you're not using the little bit that you do know. And you got to do it. You got to do it. It's not an option. Faith is intended, the faith is intended to be generational. It is intended to be generational. We should be raising children. Listen, don't ever want to have a baby just because you want to have a baby. Ask God for a child so you can raise that child in the faith. And bring that child up to know the gospel. Because that's God's purpose for sending children into the earth realm. To believers to spread the, spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you say, well, pastor, I didn't do that. I messed up. Well, God is a forgiving God. God restores. God forgives. God heals. God restores. God gives us an opportunity to make it right. He gives us the opportunity to begin where we are 
and get serious about our responsibility to pass this faith on. Listen, I want us to get it out of our minds that church is a place for us to come just to feel good, just to dance and shout and go home and say, didn't we have a good time in the name of the Lord? This is a training station. This is an equipping station. And I want you, Tabernacle of Praise in particular, to get it in your psyche, to embrace in your spirit that you are going to be one that will start passing this faith on. You may have to say, I messed up in some things. But it does not negate the truth. This is the truth. Teach it to your children. Teach it to your grandchildren. Teach it to your great-grandchildren. When you meet young people, take some time with them. Take some time. Sit with them. Begin to communicate this faith. It's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. Don't love yourself so much that you're selfish with this message. And don't say you love your children when you're raising your children to go to hell. If you're not willing to share the gospel with your children, and if you're not willing to challenge your children in the word when they're wrong, you're raising your children to go to hell. If they go, let it be their own choice. Not because you failed in your responsibility. Hearing me. Are you hearing the Lord today? This thing has just been impressed in my spirit. So I've been thinking about my young people, thinking about my teenagers. Some of you getting ready to go off to college. You're going to meet a whole lot of stuff. You're going to be confronted with a whole lot of different doctrines. But if you've listened, you have a foundation to build on. You have a foundation to build on. Take what you have and build on it. And make a difference as you go through life. Remember this. Promotion doesn't come from the east. Nor does it come from the west or north or the south. Promotion comes from God. I told my son, you don't have to join a fraternity because you, you know the philosophy is where you join a fraternity sorority and then you got connections. Well, you saw what he posted on Facebook a few weeks ago. He got a job in City Hall, went in City Hall, and, and, and Face Bay, yeah, the, the Face Bay thing anyway, it gave him a faith based initiative account. Got there. Told the man his name and where he was from. The man said, are you, are you Bishop Alfred Jackson's son? I said, in my spirit, I said, thank you, Jesus. Because this just reaffirms what I have said to him. I said, look at how God connects. Look at the connection God is making. One through a fraternity, one through a sorority. A sorority. But God made the connection. I didn't have to keep drumming it in his head, you know. 
I didn't have to fight with him because I've raised him and he knows, he knows well enough that he's only going to go so far with me. Now, he might argue with his mama, but he knows when to stop with me. Once I say it, you know, he knows when I'm not going to change my mind. So I left it alone. And I'm saying to myself, look at God. It happened to him twice. He just said, look at God. Just look at God. Remember what you've been taught. This is real. Faith is real. This is not just a figment of our imagination. You were here a couple of weeks ago and you saw people healed. You see things happening in this ministry with people's lives being changed. You see people get healed. This is real, saints. Faith is not just a figment of your imagination. It's not something we're using just to get an offering from you on Sunday. You know what I believe? I believe that if the offering dried up, God will send me by the brook and send somebody to feed me. I believe God. Are you hearing me? So I'm not here to get your money. Any pastor that God has called is not preaching to get your money, but he's concerned about your soul. And your soul is not just for you to go to heaven, but you got to take some people with you. You got to grab somebody. Some folk you got to snatch from the furnace. You got to take some folk on the journey with you. You got to tell this message and you got to walk with them until they get it. And when they get it, they'll take somebody else and they'll take somebody else and they'll take somebody else. This thing is real. Are you hearing me? We got to realize that this is generational. Let's stand.